The largest benefactor. He shouldn't uh, shouldn't be ruining our show. Right, exactly. Wait, who? Michael, our largest benefactor. Now he doesn't give us any money. Right, but he does give us time. He does. He does give his time to listen. Uh, <laughs> occasionally, update Facebook on yeah. stuff that like twenty five people get to see. That's nice. It's nice having that guy. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so man. this this is weird. This I'm going to tell weird. you, really, this is really weird. No headphones. No headphones. Which Parker's is taking a vow of silence. That's right. Well, Par- so. Parker has laryngitis, and he so he won't be saying anything. And he's he, taking a vow of silence. Yeah, well, he will be answering Both. us with yes and no questions. Right. Uh, how he's going to do it is uh, one tap for yes, two taps for no. And three taps for I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Because so, we aren't we aren't just gonna let him get up and go no, when he wants. God no. So uh, Enter the Critic had a little bit of a snafu in the way of scheduling, and basically we're doing this as low tech as possible. <laughs> Hopefully it works. Let's hope so. I spent money on this recorder. Damn it, <laughs> it should work. Yeah. Uh, so I gotta tell you, I don't know how this is gonna work with my voice going directly into a tin can that's attached to a cassette deck. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking you know what you're doing. Well, so, I mean, it was either this or the wax cylinder. Yeah, I really wasn't sure how to digitally move the wax cylinder over to the computer. I mean, sound recording is such an old technology. I feel like we've got a pretty good handle on yeah, it. Yeah, so. I, I sure hope so. Yeah. So anyway, uh, hey everybody, welcome to another Critical Podcast. Where each week we talk about movies, both new and on Netflix. This week, broadcasting live from the illustrious Bromstead Estate. Mm. <laughs> That's right. In the oh, look over there. It's a millipede. Oh. And there's an empty beer bottle. Yep. I feel oh, what a home. beautiful look, Al. Ah, uh, yes. Nothing like the warm, musty scent <laughs> of the basement. <laughs> clearly a home that uh, the individuals who occupy it only care about air conditioning their bedrooms. Yeah. And nowhere else in the home. Yeah. It has a dehumidifier. It's just not just used. never running. It's just never on. It's just not used. Well, anyway, this week's episode is going to be Pixar's Inside Out. My name is Chris Lump. With me, as always, uh, you can't go to the bathroom, yet, Parker. Yeah, Parker, you got to. That going. was maybe that was his way of saying his name. But uh, th- that's Parker over there being silent, and I'm Matt Shape. All right. Well, uh, before we get into Inside Out. Before we get into inside, no, let's get there was inside there. something else. There's, <laughs> oh God! I say there's news. a joke there somewhere, but I don't feel like mining for it. Uh, yeah, let's get into some news. All right, so let's start out of the gate with some sad news, like Parker always does, um, with a death. James yes. Horner, film composer, uh, probably best known for his scores for Titanic or Braveheart. Whoa, uh, whoa. Star Best known. The Wrath of Khan, so. Well, I don't know if he's known for that, though. Well, he should be. Yeah. He uh, tragically did die in a plane crash Ugh. this week. So, uh, very, very 
large and storied career. Oh yeah, worked a lot with James Cameron. Goes. Worked with James uh, Cameron. Worked with Ron Howard. Yep. Where yep. some of his, my favorite scores of his were used. Um, Beautiful Mind has a really really good oh, music. Excellent soundtrack. And uh, one of his really good scores that I immediately thought of when I was like, "What's something that I can immediately remember like the music from?" Is uh, Enemy at the Gates? Oh yeah, I love his score for Enemy at the Gates. Um, very in good. fact, that's probably one of my favorite parts of that movie, along with, of course, Ed Harris playing an Americanized Nazi sniper. Yes, yes. But uh, <laughs> but the music there is really good, and uh, yeah, it's sad to see someone who obviously was such a hard worker and and had his fingerprint on so many different movies uh, go too early. His uh, uh, one one of my favorite stories hearing about like some of the stuff he did in his career he did the uh score for aliens which was mm-hmm. the hardest <laughs> it 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 was such a challenge that it almost destroyed his friendship with james cameron because really? he finished that movie james cameron finished that movie weeks behind schedule and then went to james horner and said i need this score done in two months holy shit and James Horner th- thought he was going to have like, um, like four or five months to write it yeah. and then to record. Yeah. Uh, and he said something like, "I need this in." It was either I'm trying to remember if it was either it was something ridiculous. Either like it was either two months or maybe even like less than that. It was some ridiculous time that he worked on it and got it done. And he literally told James Cameron, "No one can get this done in the time that you asked for." And uh, James Cameron's producer and then wife said, either you get it done or you're fired and we'll hire someone who will get it oh, done. Oh, shit. Um, I'm trying to find the story here. Yeah, it was it was insane. They talked about it on the uh, Aliens comment, like the, the right. making of documentary. And it, it almost, like, you can tell, like, they, they patched things up, but they didn't work together for a long time after that. Well, yeah, that's kind of a dick move <laughs> oh yeah exactly like, that's an insane Be like ah uh, yeah just write and record all of the music necessary for this pretty lengthy film yeah exactly oh uh, <laughs> oh and it needs to be like top quality too yeah uh, that's all we do here at cameron productions <laughs> yeah jeez so r.i.p james you will be missed yes yes very very sad i'm gonna go home and watch uh, star trek 2 which was my favorite james cameron yeah. score and now that he's not doing the music for Avatar, that's yet another thing that's going to be shitty about. Oh yeah, exactly. Sequels. Who, who are you going to get? Like, I don't you, know. John Williams isn't available. He's not going to. Yeah, do it. he's not going to do it. James Horner was the go-to guy after John Williams. Uh, Michael Giacchino is too busy doing higher, higher brow work than peddling to James Cameron. So, <laughs> uh, let's see. Up next, Independence Day two. They're, they're rec- toting this out again. Oh yeah. Uh, it's definitely happening, Thank and it's God. received an official title. Oh, yes. What is it? What's it got here? Uh, wow. This is just like a BuzzFeed article. I have to go all the way fucking down to find it. It is Independence Day Resurgence. Uh, oh, how lackluster. Should have been called Independence Day Welcome to Earth 2. <laughs> uh, Should have been called... Should have been called Day After Independence Day Cleaning Up Empty Beer Bottles <laughs> ID ID five. Because didn't they didn't they Falling like have the a tagline ID four for ID that movie? Four, yep, ID four. Yeah. Uh 
Um, do they have any idea of returning cast? I.e., I want Jeff Goldblum. I want Jeff Goldblum. I want Will Smith ah. reprising their original roles, teaming up again. Okay, here we go. The cast assembled for the live stream included new cast members: Liam Hensworth. Jesse Usher, Micah Monroe, Stella Ward, I don't really know any of them. As well, Liam, well Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth, but none of the other ones. Uh, as well as returning actors, Jeff Goldblum. Yes! Bill Pullman. Woo! Brent Spiner. Oh, and baby! Wait, wait! Judge Hirsch, sorry. Brent Spiner died in the first one, didn't he? Wouldn't it be great if they just got Brent Did Spiner he? to play a completely different character? No, he, I mean, he was assumed to have, but I don't I know. I thought he died in the first one. It's been a long time since I've seen it. No, because didn't he um, didn't he fly up into the thing? No, that's not Brent Spiner. Brent Wait, Spiner played play? the crazy scientist guy at Area 51 with the wacky hair and the... Oh! Yeah, I thought he died. Oh, yeah, he definitely died. Yeah, he definitely they, bit it hard. They took over his corpse and... And then, like, the, 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 the one line where he's like, is that bulletproof glass? And the guy who played Jane Cobb was like, no, it's not. Uh, what's his name? One of, the, one of the Baldwins who isn't a Baldwin brother. Uh, <laughs> Adam Baldwin? Sure, yeah. we'll go with that. Uh, and he's like, they shoot him up. Yeah. No, the guy you're thinking of was one of the, uh, the Quaid, I think, was it Randy Quaid? Dennis Quaid? Randy Quaid. One of the Quaid know. brothers. Let me look it up. Uh, I don't have my IMDb open, and I'm very tired today, so I'm not thinking straight. So, yeah, but he definitely guy, died too because he flew the plane. Yeah, into the, into the alien. That's mothership. all right. They're just gonna resurrect people and call it alien magic. Hey, I'm fine with that. Yeah, Randy Quaid. Yeah, played crazy guy because <laughs> he is in fact crazy. Hell yeah, he is. Uh, so yeah, I don't know how they're bringing that guy back. I guess we'll just leave flashbacks. It the whole movie's gonna be a flashback. <laughs> It's just flashbacks to the original. Yep. Oh yeah, that's just, just like that's it. Cuts. It's just it'll just be a, it'll be a, a fan cut of the original. But like every once in a while, it'll be like cut to Will Smith. He's like in a hospital bed, like all in old man makeup, reciting the time that this happened to his grandkids, and then it just cuts back to the original movie. They're gonna do it for like I don't know a million, and half of that's just going to Will Smith. Uh, and they have a shooting schedule of like an afternoon. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Did you hear the? Speaking of Will Smith, do you hear the um, idea for a show starring Jaden where he's this, like, highbrow, rich, white kid who gets involved in, like, some weird, like, money scheme? So his dad, Will Smith, wants him to toughen up and learn, like, a hard day's work and street smarts, so he sends him back to to Philly. (laughs) It's the Fresh fresh Prince of Philly. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air somebody made up Bizarro a Somebody made up a theme song. Hold on, let me find it. Oh my god, this is this sounds both horrifying and amazing at the same time. I so want this to become a reality so I can just look at it and just stare at it in awe and horror. That sounds like a... a like, I'm trying to think who... That sounds like a college humor bit. <laughs> I mean, that's the best thing that would come out of it. Because if Jaden Smith actually would star in his own TV show, it would just be him waxing poetic about how our hands aren't real and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck dickhead kids. Fuck it, I can't find it. All right, best news ever. Yeah, news! Which, that isn't even news. Um, (laughs) It's just something that I read on the internet, and now I can't even find it. All right, last piece of news. Thanks, Reddit. Uh, Tom Holland who I'm sure you've never heard of, is the new Spider-Man. 
Who the fuck is Tom Holland? All right, Tom Holland. The only thing that I recognize him from, and I haven't even seen the film, uh, was Locke, where he did some voice acting. Okay, because so they got a rel- a completely no name. Well, guy. to be fair, that's what they said they wanted to do. That, that's a good move. I'm fine with yeah. that. Yeah. So let's see what they have to say here. He was also in The Impossible, which I'm not familiar with. Oh, no, never heard of it. Just say he's an upstanding, up and coming talent. We saw many ter- terrific young actors, but Tom's screen tests were special. All and off, we are <laughs> off to a roaring start. All and right. He, the actor is expected to make an appearance in Captain America Civil War. Um, I, that I'm okay with. Um, I'm just really excited for yet another uh, origin story. Can't wait to... No, it's no. not. Oh, it's, it's not, not going to be an origin it's not, well, story. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fail. How will I know who Spider-Man is? That's true. How will I know... I forget who's directing the new one. Let me... How will I know what happens to Uncle Ben? Untitled Spider-Man reboot in 2017 is being directed by John Watts. John Watts? Where do I know that from? John Watts, who is known for not a lot. Some horror stuff. That's probably where I know him. Clown, cop car. He worked a lot on the Onion News Network. So, he's not exactly a big name either. No, no, he's not. That's I'm kind of surprised. But All right, well, I mean, here's hoping, because, I mean, how many more... T- well, let's be honest. They could fuck up Spider-Man a dozen more times, and they'll still make people more, are, and people will see, still go to them. See, I'm okay if the actual mainline Spider-Man movies aren't that great, as long as they now have him available. Like, if that's the sacrifice that needs to be made... Is like, you know, just churning out more lackluster Spider-Man films. To have him in other Marvel stuff, it's a worthy sacrifice. Yeah, you know, you know it, if, if, I forget who owns the rights to him. Fox or Sony? Sony. Yeah, if Sony wants to churn out uh, $150 million budgeted films so that I can get like five minutes of Spidey. Right. I'm fine. Just with like that. sprinkled out throughout the Avengers films and stuff like that. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I'm, that's, I'm perfectly fine with that. That's the best way to use them. So. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but. Yes, yes, that's the best way that we're going to get. That's the best way we're going to get. <laughs> yes. Well, that's all I have for news. All right, well, I think Parker's job's secure. <laughs> hey, man, it's hard. I don't fucking know what... <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I don't it's even hard. know how he does it. Movie news is dumb. Oh, look, here's a new... Half the movie news he does is just like trailers, but we're reading about them. I know. It's like, I know. oh, hey, here's news about this new movie that's coming out. Great. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie. All right. Good. Good. That was great. Except we have great no news. visual medium to go <laughs> off no, of. So we have no visual medium, be... but hey, that plot synopsis was pretty darn tootin'. <laughs> it's like every every time he does that, my, my, my reaction is pretty much the same. Yep. Can't wait to see if it sucks or not. <laughs> so. All right. Well, moving on to our feature presentation. Uh, we saw Inside Out. And there's a giant ad. Okay. Inside Out. After young Riley is uprooted from her Midwest life and moved to San Francisco, her emotions, joy, anger, fear, disgust, and sadness, conflict on how best to navigate a new city, house, and school. That's not really a great synopsis. That's kind of misleading. Yep, yeah, it is, but that, we'll go with it. That's not really what happened. Thanks, but okay, basic what, IMDb. Whatever, IMDb beta. 
All right, this movie stars Amy Poehler, Phyllis Smith, Richard Kind, Bill Hader, Louis Black, uh, Diane Lane. Mindy Kaling? Huh? Mindy Kaling. Uh, I guess we'll give her a mention. Uh, (laughs) You're going to mention the one chick from The Office and not the other? Oh, I've never seen The Office. Oh, well, what do you know uh, Phyllis Smith from? Because that's what she's known for. I I didn't. I I could pronounce her name easily. Oh, okay. There you go. That's why I mentioned her. I'm like, I got There's a name I can read. Fair enough. Frank Uh, Oz. Frank Oz, yeah. What? He played one of the subconscious guard Dave. That's funny. Dave. I gotta see if there's any uh So he played one of the cops, basically. Yep. That's cool. I gotta see if there's any other amazing voice actor. Bobby Moynihan. Work. Hey, He's... Flea. Flea's in it? Yeah. What does he play? Another mind worker cop. Oh, uh, okay. Uh Rashida Jones? That's uh that's one of your girls, isn't it? Yeah, what is she? Cool girls emotions. Oh, that's funny. Uh yeah, and of course, of to... course, the guy from uh, Cheers, who is in every Pixar film. Uh, oh yeah, what's his for name? Like ten seconds. Oh, I forget his name. I just know him as the mailman from Cheers, John Ratzenberger. John Ratzenberger. Yep. So yeah, he is in literally every Pixar yeah, movie. Yeah, I think he just knows somebody at Pixar is friends with them. So. Fritz. I don't remember who Fritz is. Yeah, but I don't know. Beats me. All right. Well, Matt. Well, first let's ask Parker. Parker, what did you think? I forget what one. <laughs> I think means. that's yes. All right, we'll go with Which yes. Which I believe yes would be like positive. We'll, we'll go with it. Like, Parker, I feel is, like is, I feel is like, like you positive. Never... All right. I feel like you'd never answer like. Did you hate? Well, I guess if we had... okay, Parker, did you hate the movie? All right, cool. That All That's right. answer enough. All right, well, then Parker can go back to doing whatever it is he's doing. You can't go to the bathroom yet, though, buddy. <laughs> we'll let you go in between recordings. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Matt, what did you think of Inside Out? Uh, what, another, what another piece of shit put out by Pixar, I'll tell you what. The, Cl- the, studio's, the studio's been on the downturn <laughs> ever since they started cashing it in with cars and sequels and... Now we have this movie about bullshit emotions. You know, why Why do people even go to watch these movies anymore? Exactly. Yeah, seriously. No, that's not at all what I thought. Uh, uh, anyone who doesn't like this movie is an asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> seriously. Actually, uh, f- well, not really a fan of the show, but uh, member of Sister Podcast MVP, Jordan Zimmerman, was telling me about how he was going he through... What's that? He, he, he no, he, he, lo- he, lo- he loved the movie, but he was uh, going through, you know, one of his Tinder girls and, you know, talking, and uh, she was, and he was like, oh, yeah, I saw Inside Out this weekend. She's like, oh, yeah, I saw that, too. He was like, ah, so what do you think? And she's like, I didn't really like it. Swipe was to like, the right. Yep. Get rid of her. <laughs> He's like, apparently he had been on one date with this girl, and he was, like, thinking things over, and he was like, ah, that's a no. That's yeah. Oh no. Trust me. If I if I, well, a if I was still single. B on Tinder. C actually finding a woman to willingly date me on Tinder, which already we're in a bunch of impossibilities. Wow. Um, and she said, "Yeah, I really, uh, I really thought Inside Out was uh, overrated and uh, shitty." I'd be like, "Check. We're done. Let's just split the check up evenly." It's just not how worth you it. get. It's just home. not worth it at that point. How many hoops are you going to have to jump through to explain why that's a good opinion? Exactly. I, I just. Anyway, so 
Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. Yeah. I, I absolutely love this film, and anyone who doesn't like it is a terrible person. Um, unless you're a child. Because that's, that's my kids only, yeah. were bored out of their mind <laughs> when I well, went to see it. I would like to, what, what I would actually like to do is, in a not creepy way, find like a five-year-old kid already creepy, down Matt. here in my it's basement. Already creepy. And ask so him, now like, it got even creepier. <laughs> and just ask now him Now the FBI this. is kicking your door down that's and you're true. getting into the backseat of a Listen, a NSA, I know you're our only listeners, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I would like to know... Because cause we, uh, when Chris, Christina and I saw this, there were a decent amount of kids in the theater. I mean, it was a Monday night, not too late, so most of the audience was kids. And you definitely had some kids that you could tell were not getting it and starting to cry or get restless or whatever. Right. Or lots of kids that were asking their parents, like, Yeah, yeah. But, I got a lot of that, too, in my viewing. There was enough, like, goofy parts. Like, I mean, one of the characters is, like, a goddamn elephant, dolphin, cat. Yep. So, there was Made enough, of like... candy. Yeah. There. Voiced by Richard Kind, no less. Yes. Yes. Doesn't get any sillier than that. Yeah. So, th- there is, like, an element of, like, goofiness to this movie. And when, I, you know, y- you-, you maybe have heard, you know, people say, well, oh, well, this is definitely the most adult Pixar movie. I mean, I'd agree with that statement. But just but, under the sur- on the surface, it's still goofy and silly. Right. I mean, there's nothing. There are other Pixar movies that have more like you know adult humor thrown in or like subversive things where you're like, well, there's Ooh. that, there's that uh, uh, NC-17 cut of Toy Story three, right? <laughs> where everyone actually dies, <laughs> exactly after yeah. an orgy. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> So yeah, like there's nothing inappropriate about this movie. It's just very deep at times. I mean, yeah, exactly. it takes this is a movie that takes a more serious look at our emotions and like sort of the cerebral experience of being a, a human being. It takes it more seriously than most other actual films that have tried to tackle this for adults. Oh, oh no, I I, I agree completely, uh, and and thinks it through very well. Um, and in fact, like like you said about the inappropriate humor part, I saw more inappropriate humor for the trailer for the Minions movie, right? For and that is clearly just solely targeted at children, right? And there was right. more like humor that I'm like, do little kids even get what that is or right. why that's quote funny? Whereas this did have some funny bits, but nothing crude, I didn't no. think, uh, which a lot of kids' movies rely on crudeness to be funny. Right. Which, I mean, I love Pixar. They don't rely on the fart joke. I no, no, no. That. Uh, but again, they tackle emotions in a way that kids can kind of grasp, maybe. But, like, right. it was definitely geared towards adults being like, Here's how you he, he, here's kind of what's going through a kid's mind when like everything in their life is turned upside down and they're freaking out or when all of a sudden one day your kid or just someone like it doesn't even necessarily yeah, yeah. Be a kid but what like you know how some days someone can just be acting completely differently and it seems like they're sort of lost yeah exactly so and and to be fair I, I think the filmmakers kind of conceded in in development of this that like. This is not going to be their best film that you're going to want to put on for your very young children. No. However, it is a great film 
for kids that are on the cusp of of maybe being teenagers. This is a great tween movie. Yes. Um because it is it is funny, it's genuinely entertaining. Absolutely. And it does a really great job of bringing some pretty high-level concepts in an approachable way to to kids. Um not necessarily young kids, but you know, young well, kids very that are young the adults. same age. I mean, R- Riley in the movie is 11. Right. Um and and the movie takes place between well, I mean like at the, at the end of the movie she becomes 12. Right. Um so about at that age range, I think yeah. is when you can start yeah. appreciating this movie. Cuz I saw it with a bunch of little kids right. and their adult parents and a couple of uh clearly teens that are on a date that were dropped off by their mom. That's um cuz I mean those kids could not drive, but they were old enough to It was there there was a couple next to me that I thought like when they first walked into the theater, I'm like, oh, great. Another movie where I'm going to attract weirdos who are just going to make out next to me the whole time. And I guess they were just on that stage of relationship where they were like, could hold hands and maybe get a little close, but that's all that happened. And I'm like, yeah, this is oh, very man. strange that you would pick this movie for a date movie, but whatever. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just glad. Like, uh be so Aren't terrible. you glad that you don't attract these weirdos? I, I, I'm just the the thought of someone making out during this movie is just weird and unnerving. Hey, you're talking to a guy who saw someone get a hand job during Noah. I've seen weird. <laughs> That's right? true. Um, That's true. But this th- this film tackles some real real big uh, issues. Specifically, I, I think by the end the 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 big message is that sadness is not necessarily a bad thing. Right. And it's like, whereas a lot of people, especially in our society, are like, okay, we don't we don't talk about being sad, we don't admit to right. being sad, we have to be happy all the time. And this movie's like, no, especially at that age, it's okay to be sad. Right, it's normal to be sad, and this is an emotion. And that sometimes just needs it's to be even important. With. Yeah, to it's be sad. healthy to be sad at times. Um, and yeah, I think this movie really rams home the fact, especially when. Uh, and we're going to get into some mild spoilers, but it's been a while. You should have seen the movie. Before. And there's nothing that we. There's can nothing really... huge spoil. There's no uh, twist. The kid, uh, the kid doesn't die at the end. <laughs> but there's never a threat of her yeah, life. Yeah, so, so... Uh, I don't know what. Yeah, what I don't do know you what we could spoil. Um, but like the whole thing where Joy keeps talking about how like oh this is fear he keeps Riley safe and this is disgust and she, she does this yeah. and anger does this and then we have sadness and we don't know what she does and then by the end of the movie they you know it's it's shown like all right we figured out what sadness does and we figured out why we need sadness and why right. it's important and why we need to you know address it and deal with it so the, there's just so much we could we could talk forever about how this movie sort of symbolizes things but one of the coolest things that I found um, was the concept that everyone, every person's different because every person kind of has someone different in the driver's seat. Right. right. Riley's predominant emotion or, or what kind of guides her other emotions is her joy. Joy, right. Um, Riley's dad is actually driven by his anger. Right. Now, that doesn't mean he, he's not an angry guy. By any stretch. No. Um, no. He's not painted as being, you know, hyper-aggressive or or vindictive or anything. But you can tell it it makes sense because he's a very assertive man. Right. Who who wants the best for his family. And by by virtue of that, especially in his adult mind, they're all kind of... All of his emotions are working in concert. It's not like anger's like 
necessarily running the boss the man show. and running the show, but he's primarily in control, and they're all working together as almost like a team. Right. Uh, they were they were almost basically lampooning. I don't know, like Hunt for Red October, or I was picturing like a sub a sub. Oh crew. right, yeah, where yeah. they're like. Prepare to bring the foot down. Foot bring foot down. is coming down. Synchronized keys. Synchronized like, keys. keys. <laughs> We're entering DEFCON 5. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it felt like a war room situation. <laughs> I love um, Which, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I thought that was hilarious. That part was brilliant. And then Mom, uh, her captain or whatever seems to be the sadness character. Yeah. And yeah. she's not a depressed character. She's not overly sad or anything she's just very thoughtful right and that that kind of anchor that idea that like everyone kind of has this like anchoring part to their personality that like maybe makes them prone to being that part of like extreme part of themselves but if they're normal adjusted people like that just means that's sort of what they're in tune with right right and i really i really like that concept of like of like it doesn't if you're like sort of innately like someone who's driven by like anger or aggression that doesn't mean you have to always be an angry person that doesn't mean that has to be right, like exactly. the only thing that's yeah. going on in your mind etc well i mean it would it it was laid out early like like riley's dad was uh some kind of like self-made businessman mm-hmm. that's why they moved to was, it was san, san francisco um right. to uh for him to start a business and he's always on the phone talking about investors right and how things aren't working out and you know you can tell over the phone he's like aggressive Right, um, he's a very driven guy. Right, yeah. and and to be that way, you I mean, kind of need to be in. Tune it comes with from that. that it comes from that same fire and that like drive that comes from you know our our anger and right. ang- you know none, all of these emotions are painted as like yes they can do you know bad things or screw things up maybe but they also do serve a good purpose like when when they're doing sort of what we have them for because we don't have our emotions we don't have our our emotions aren't there to hurt us right exactly um and that's the the clear message of this movie is like when you feel something it's not bad right yeah, um yeah. when you feel angry about something that isn't innately bad like there's a reason that that's happening and and you know usually you're feeling it as a as sort of a way to help you and, yeah, and exactly. protect you in some way well, yeah, like like I said in the beginning, she, the Joy lists all the other emotions and what they do to you know help uh, uh, Riley out in just everyday life. Um, yeah, I I I, I especially like <laughs> one of my one. <laughs> this again was one of those uh, movies where I I got to be the the weirdo for a change. Sure, because there were several jokes that went over, I guess everybody's head in the theater, but me. Um. Well, to be fair, I don't know if the average Pixar movie attendee has seen Chinatown. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was going to say the Chinatown. <gasps> I haven't scene. seen it myself, and I only vaguely like understood the reference. Like, I knew I had heard the quote before. Yeah, and so I there's, was like, yeah, it, it, the, there's a scene in the movie where they're in like imagination land, and they're in this cloud city, yeah. and this uh, older cloud man comes out, and they go running through him, causing him to just disappear in a puff of smoke. Right. And then later in the movie, you see a, a, an older lady of cloud, like a cloud lady. His wife or whatever. Ta- yeah, yeah, his wife talking to two police officers. And they're like, well, did you get a good look at her? And she goes, yeah, there, there they are now. And they go running through her, and she disappears in a puff of smoke again. And then one cop goes running after him, and the other cop reaches out and grabs him and goes, forget it, Jake. It's cloud town. <laughs> and I lost it. I lost it. And I mean, like, uproariously, because that yeah. was the last thing I was expecting was a Chinatown reference. But it was one of those things where I was just like, oh, man, are they going to are, are they gonna, are they gonna say 
Are they going to say it? And they didn't. I just I lost it. And then I quickly realized I was the only one in the theater laughing. Uh, I laughed. I don't uh, know that anyone else did. My you weren't in my theater. Too. Yeah. Um, I was the only one in the theater laughing. And so I tried to quiet down, but then the fact that I was the only one laughing made it even funnier to me. So I'm like stifling my laughter. And then I hear this little kid behind me go, Daddy, why is that man laughing? <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. It's <laughs> okay. all right, son. Some people have problems. Yeah, some people. They're still allowed to see the movies. <laughs> um, so that, 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 that for me was like the biggest, the biggest laugh. Um, this movie does like all Pixar films. They got to have a tearjerker moment. Didn't get to the clump though. Clump I, steel. Didn't uh, get the clump. That's right. <laughs> you got to be strong. real fucking sad you for got, me to get. You got to get up early in the morning to make the clump cry. <laughs> was a, that was one of those things where I was like, oh yeah, if I wasn't dead on the inside, I might be emotionally <laughs> stirred by this. <laughs> See, interestingly enough, I. Well, okay, go ahead and say your moment, because I wouldn't say that it had one singular moment. Oh, there was a couple, but yeah. like the big one, like uh, a bunch of the people kind of got all teary-eyed. Uh, actually, a lot of the adults was the death of the imaginary yes. friend. Yes, and that was that was definitely a tearjerker moment. I guess I guess if you would pick Especially one out, that would be Especially because he kind of sacrificed himself. Totally. To like make sure that they could get back to where they needed and to. And it's, again, like I think what made me tear up so much during this movie were not necessarily particular moments, but just how beautifully the the sort of representations of how your mind works make you, makes you think about growing up oh, and yeah. how your own mind has has grown and how things have changed in your mind since you were a kid. I mean, that idea of the imaginary character, like you said, sacrificing himself, it's sort of this idea of like how many of us probably had an imaginary character. Maybe we can remember them, maybe we don't. Either way, they haven't been a part of our lives for years, right? Yeah, exactly. but they were still an important part of our development, and it's sort of this idea of, like, he almost, like, gave himself up so that she could, con- so that so Riley could continue going. keep going. But, like, specifically without him. Right. And, and that was that's the thing a very he kept saying, sad thought. Yeah, because that was the thing he kept saying, how he was so excited to get back into Riley's life. Right. And then at the end, it was like, ah, it's not going to happen. Right. Um... So yeah, that 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 part a lot a lot a lot of people were uh, were tearing up. A lot of the parents teared up during the whole running away scene. I guess that's all like, I guess I guess if you have kids, you like care about them and shit. And, you know, yeah, afraid you of losing them, them, don't want them to leave. Whatever. I just thought about that. Actually, that I kind of chuckled at that scene specifically because when I was a child and I threatened to run away, my dad helped me pack. <laughs> And let you get like five steps out the door. No, he didn't. Well, he 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 frustrated me to the point of just giving up. Uh, like, all right, I, you, you I, I am you shocked need? that I still remember. That. I don't remember a whole lot because I have a bad memory. But I do remember as as a very I forget how old I was. Uh, I might have been like six. Uh, I wanted to sleep with socks on. My okay. dad was like, "You're just gonna get hot." And no. So I remember getting furious and claiming I was going to run away. And my dad said, fine, I'll help you pack, but you can't take any socks. <laughs> so every time I put a pair of socks in the in the uh, suitcase, he's like, nope, no socks. That's great. That's and hilarious. That's, that's all I just remember him being like, thinking it was so funny because I got so frustrated because I couldn't take any socks. He's like, you know what? If you keep this up, you're not going to get socks tomorrow either. <laughs> that's actually but, like, a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, uh a lot of parents kind of kind of choked up a little bit when uh, when she was making her uh, making her break for it. Well, another thing that got to me was earlier in the film, just 
the way that they explained, I don't know, really got to me how they were explaining like how her core memories would form these islands, which were basically tenets of her personality. Right, right. And and just how like the one would go over and create something new. Like you saw clips of her, you know, playing hockey with her dad and whatever, like as a little girl. And it just creates this like branch of your personality. It just made me think about how like how many things in my life like could you even track like a specific thing that happened when I was little like, I don't know, like, my, my thing with dinosaurs, like, that probably happened throughout, like, a moment where I was just watching, a, I don't know, a commercial for something on TV that had a dinosaur in it, and I, I you know, lo- had a Latched great response to it, to it yeah. and it just created, like, this whole part of my life that would be there, even to this day, that I, that I have somewhat of an appreciation for, and, and different stuff like that, not even limited to your childhood. It was a very cool idea that just really resonated with me. I mean, this this movie is so chock full of great symbolism that makes perfect sense, even if you're, you know, a, young, a kid, not, maybe not a super young kid, but a kid that a, a kid could grasp onto, but that is so meaningful and seemingly true. And, you know, I don't, I'm not a psychologist, uh, but fan of the show Tim Hall went into this movie and he um Oh, I bet is, Tim ripped this like just yeah, went he, to town Tim, Tim, with this movie. Yeah, Tim Tim works in uh child psychology. He right. works with schools and uh kids in that respect. So he went into this film, you know, thinking like, well, I'm sure it's gonna be good, but is it gonna be, you know, true? To, 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 is it to gonna his prestigious Yeah, level. is it is it actually going to say things that are true about psycho- child psychology in particular and his reaction, I, I mean, he gave me a pretty long review before I even saw it, um, and he was just blown away really? by, by I mean, the things sense. it had to say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I wish we could have had him. Uh, he actually volunteered his services, but we don't have enough microphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> or microphone jacks, unfortunately. Like I said, doing it old school. Yeah, um, another reason why Parker can't be on the show. Yes. Just happened to work out that he got laryngitis. Yeah, yeah, right it worked right out time. real well, but he is, he is totally sitting three feet from me right now. That still can't go, buddy. Yeah, you still can't go. Wait. Uh, but Jeremy Sayer, a uh, friend of the show, an avid listener, uh, probably right now he's listening to us while, uh, I don't know, like cleaning his house or something. Well, like not right that. now because he'd have to be here. Well, yeah, but I mean, eventually. Creepy. But yeah. would show his fandom. Yes, it, yes, it would. If he was yes, just sitting here listening live. He, he, he attends all the recordings live. <laughs> he just sits and listens to it live so he can really get the best audio quality, <laughs> that natural feel of actual sound <laughs> he, he likes that coming warm, from our that diaphragms. That feeling of yeah. just us talking. Um, no, he, he actually asked if he could be on the show, and I, I was like, yeah, and then... We only were able to use this tiny recorder to <laughs> to check a cord. And I went, oh boy, no, um, can do. No but yeah, I, do. I would have loved to because he he worked in a very very similar field, uh, right? Uh, with um, teenagers in in like uh, high school, yeah. Um, and and I'm sure he had a ton of stuff to say. But it seems yeah. like anybody with a background of like. Some kind of child development or psychology would just go berserk for this film. Yeah. But it was done in a way that us simple plebs who didn't go to a real college um, can still enjoy it. Absolutely. In I'm fact, looking, the, only, looking at you, the, o- the only Penn part... Penn State, really? What's that? I'm, so I'm looking at you about that statement, Matt. Penn State, really? What, what about it? 
I don't know. I got nothing. I just don't want people to think it's about me. <laughs> okay. Are you like? Are you like saying that like? I definitely wouldn't understand because I went to Penn State. Well, yeah, yeah. You didn't go to a prestigious Bible college like I that's, did. That's true. I wouldn't know nothing about and, no and, emotions and, like they teach in Job. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh. So. So. Uh, nice, nice. Uh. What was I gonna say? So. Oh, the only part of this movie that I felt like I had missed something by not, you know, having like basic psychology because I never even took like basic psychology in college. Um was the part where they go through the shortcut, which is actually the part where it breaks down concepts. Yeah, it breaks down and, like and it, like uh um see if I can I'm trying to remember. Up. Yeah, they, they I forget the exact term they use. It's like like if 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 you're trying to visualize like in 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 this in this movie they were trying to visualize loneliness. Like concepts that don't have like abstract concepts. Yes. So, uh, fuck it, I'm not going to find it in time. Yeah. But um, it was this whole, which I'm sure if you take Psych 101, they talk about concepts and oh, how yeah. there's different stages of breaking down a concept. Because at one point they were uh, two dimensional, at one like point it was like linear, or something fi- like that. figurative. Yeah. It was very funny. I made for a very oh, funny yeah, psych guy. But I was like, I mean, I hope this is a thing. I would assume it's a thing because they're going out of their way to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they had that and the whole thing about the subconscious where that's like the jail for all the yes. really weird shit that she doesn't want to think about. Yes. And of course, what's the thing they find down there? A clown. A fucking clown. Very it's, scary clown. Yep. Well, I mean, is there an unscary clown? Because all, all no. clowns are evil. Are yeah, all, all clowns are really scary. And I'm glad that this movie acknowledged it. And taught our children. Yeah. They should fear and hate clowns. So that that was the only part where I was like, I feel like if I had a psychology degree or even a basic understanding of psych, this would be even more entertaining. But as it is now, it's just funny to see them realizing that they could lie flat down and turn into straight lines. <laughs> I mean, I took psychology in high school and forgot most of it. Uh, so didn't really do much for me. Uh, fair, fair enough. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this movie is the dream sequence and by that i mean literally the sequence in which they are making a dream i love yeah i love how that like they go into the it's it's their dream i forget what they call it the dream dream something, studio or dream something. studio and it's just a back lot on like paramount yeah it's like a 60s <laughs> style hollywood back lot yep. studio they like pass her her uh they pass the rain rain a rainbow unicorn. Yeah, rainbow unicorn. And clearly this is like the most featured character in all of her dreams. So Joy's like, oh my gosh, yep. it's so great to meet you. Yep, yep. And then when Sadness speech, she's like, you don't want to bother. You know what? I loved you in fairy princess dreams one through six. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. And then they actually show them like filming the dream and uh, which one? Fear is watching the dream in the command center because he has dream duty that night. Yep, and he's, and like, he's just treating it. it yeah, he's, like, treating it like some, you know, horrible, like, predictable B-Har flick. Yep. He's like, oh, I bet she's, not gonna be, bet she's not going to be wearing pants. Oh, didn't see that yep. coming. <laughs> she's not prepared for Up, oh, yep. Yeah, okay, okay. Let me guess. Kids are going to be mean to her. So, and then, like, all the shit hits the fan, and there's, like, a dog chasing yeah, Joy, itself Joy wants because the like, costume comes apart. Joy wants to like surprise her awake by giving her something she likes and the sadness just like, well, we'll just turn this puppy you know, into half a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and then they unleash the clown, which 
it was really the most brilliant idea because Absolutely. when I have clown dreams, I wet myself and then I wake up. <laughs> well, so. I mean, to be fair, you wet yourself for other dreams too. It's just well, yeah, but not for that reason, and I don't right. always wake up. <laughs> um. I did absolutely love the, like, at the end when they rebuild all the islands and they're, like, going through the different islands and sadness. is like, I really like uh, tragic vampire romance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was great. I also loved the uh, imaginary boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Who like, at one point I'm she from makes. I'm Canada. <laughs> I'd die for Riley. I'd die for Riley. And she makes, like, a million She's like, of them. sure about that? <laughs> Time to prove it. Time to prove it. <laughs> So, yeah, all in all, I mean, this movie, I mean, it's 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 really well made. I mean, it's Pixar, so it 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 meets that level of animation and voice work that we have come to basically expect from Pixar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where a lot of like and I've complained about this before, where you have either a director or a production company that keeps hitting mark after mark and then it just becomes what we expect and anything less is garbage even if it's better than anything else out there if it's anything less than perfection it's garbage um and pixar hit that which is why i felt like a lot of movies that maybe didn't deserve so much flack got flack like brave right um this movie much to its well it not only hits the mark i think it raises the bar a little bit um which could be which is good and bad in the long they they're, they're playing with fire with this movie because it is far and away the smartest Pixar movie. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Um, in some ways, other than maybe Up, it's probably also the most emotional. Yeah, I would so, say so. But when you keep pushing that envelope, we already have said our only gripe with this, and it's not really a gripe, I mean, because I'm not a little kid, I don't have a little kid, but the only real problem with this movie is that it's not necessarily appealing to very young children. Right. So if you keep pushing this envelope, eventually you get into films which just straight up aren't kids' movies. Which even if they're s- innocent, uh, yeah. the concepts are just so high level. The the you know the, the 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 things it broaches and the emotions, emotional intensity it reaches, make it no longer a children's film. However, there's a man by the name of Don Bluth. <laughs> who made a career Absolutely. out of not only doing that, but also making his movies terrifying. Absolutely. Well, we, so, talk, we talked about him Yeah, we talked about him last episode. So, a man who went out to make children's movies and scarred a generation. Yeah, so, so the way I see it, if Pixar kind of starts, which I don't know if this is going to happen, if Pixar started to sort of branch out into two segments, one which is like the super kitty. Cars 2 crowd, which only exists to please very tiny children and, and sell make toys. Money. And make money. Which, to be fair, like, a studio these has film, to make money. These films cost money for us to get. Right. And, a, and a, lot of studio, uh, a lot of studios operate that way. Right. We're going to churn out the uh, regular fare garbage for just, you know, kids. Right. Just, just, just to just print money. And that will finance our higher concept artistical ventures. And and if that's what the way that Pixar really decides to definitively go, I would be I would be okay with it. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with If we get one of these movies every 2 years, like that's fine by me. Yeah, I mean, that's and like you said, like these movies have one goal at the end of the day, and that's to make money. Right. I mean, yeah, they entertain, but if they don't make money, they're considered a failure. Now to be fair to Inside Out, 
um, it's no slouch. Oh no, it's it, doing well. It's it doing broke well. the box office record, which is sad. It came, it came in second to Jurassic World, right? But it still made, I think, nine, oh, like ninety three million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was enough to make it the largest weekend box office return for an original concept. Oh boy! Ever, in other words, not based on a book. Not a sequel, not based on an existing property. Just an original idea. Yeah, that's that. That's the most and money. We got ninety three million. <laughs> well, I mean, that's well, ninety three million is good, but can we? Oh, we need more original properties. Yeah. Um. But I, I mean, I I knew this movie was going to hit its mark the moment I sat down, and I see the character Joy. I don't know who she is yet. I see the character Joy, and I hear this little kid behind me go. Ooh, that's joy! And I'm like, well, they're hitting the kid market hard enough that these kids know who the characters are before they see the movie, so they must be doing something right with right. the kids market. So, no, I highly recommend it. Uh, Let's take a, just a brief second to talk about how spot on the casting was. Oh my that god! Was one thing that oh I was god. like, well, I don't, I couldn't imagine, especially for those central emotions. I couldn't imagine a better cast chosen i mean they no, the voice acting clearly nailed it oh particularly phyllis smith as sadness is like her voice is just i know you haven't watched the office but like that is her character on the office is the emotional concept of just like sadness and kind of like lethargy (laughs) and like uh. and lewis black has made an entire career out of anger yeah yeah, like just being the angry guy. It's as if when they were writing this movie, they set their sights to who are the who are the people in like all of celebrity celebritydom that represent these concepts best, and then went to them and got them. Yeah, it's like, well, Sam Kinison's dead. Uh, let's get uh, Louis Black. Louis Black, he's the next best thing. Yeah. Um, and I I was surprised that like knowing a lot of these actors, I was really worried because they're they're not traditional voice actors they're just right. actors right. i was really concerned that i would lose i would lose something with that every time i hear lewis black i'd be like oh it's lewis black no 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 the he only quickly <laughs> fell into the role of anger no real fast. And, and and part of it's that like this character is is bound to you know child appropriate dialogue and things so you want getting four-letter words other than the time that he wants to say a four-letter word uh that other, was hilarious. The other, way. the other part that definitely felt like it could have been in a Lewis Black sketch is when he talks about pizza. In San oh, only San Francisco could ruin pizza. Only San Francisco could ruin pizza. I do like how he kept going back to. Can I say the one curse word we know? Can I say it, please? And then at the end, when they get the uh, updated board, the updated board's like, oh, I got, I got access hope. to all the curse words. <laughs> so good. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and that, that I, I also appreciated that because as, as a little subtle thing, parents, your 12-year-olds know every curse word. Stop getting mad at me for swearing around them. They already yep. know it. The internet now is in their hands. Actually, Doesn't you know matter what? how yeah. many filters you got on that thing, they're seeing them. Actually, that's a horrifying thought because, wow, that means they not only know all the curse words, but they have access to infinite amounts of inappropriate pornography. Yeah. Well, oh, boy, that's hopefully terrifying. hopefully the filters picking that up. I mean most most parents I know, this is actually another conversation that Parker and I were having because the greatest child rearing tool of the 21st century is the tablet. Yep. Uh it 
now is possible to actually take children to a place or thing that they do not want to be and keep them quiet for extended periods of time Just by shoving that in their because hands. of the tablet. Yep. Um, now, the problem here is that it gives them access to all the information in the universe. So, Absolutely. Both good and bad. And you can't literally be watching over a kid's shoulder because that kind of defeats the purpose of giving it to them in the first yep. place. Yep. So most parents rely on, you know, a child settings. Like, Kindles have, like, a child setting, so... You know, it's like a basic work filter almost, maybe right, a little right. bit beefier, um, stuff like that. So they can't look up YouTube videos for, you know, whatever. Awfulness. Softcore <laughs> porn, whatever's on YouTube. Your shit that you've found, Grindhouse movies. That Oh, yeah. yeah although, they're, those they're, probably shouldn't be on YouTube at all. No, no, that's that's like the deep web of, of YouTube. That's it's the like thing. Like, the forgotten only, realms of there's YouTube. There's only so much content that can be filtered. Because some of the lesser viewed stuff, stuff that's not as popular on the internet, doesn't reach enough hits so that, you know, Google right. and YouTube, et cetera, but honestly, can, can, can honestly rate it. Honestly, I don't know how somebody would find, like, right. this is like uh, for well, example, happens, the, the, the girl with one eye, I found that on YouTube. Good luck finding that on YouTube by accident. R- well, right. And I have to assume that, like, if stuff like this gets watched, that's the problem, though. Even if nine times out of ten kids are just watching whatever like innocent kid stuff you can still easily stumble into something something terrible shady. something like 4chan yeah <laughs> which is like gotta get out or there's some probably some really awful subreddit i mean take it from me take it from someone whose work has work filters um don't always work not that i purposely look up anything inappropriate but there's definitely stuff that i can access at work that is like time-wasting bullshit that, like, no one at work should... Like, it should definitely fall under, like, the entertainment category. Like, oh, I should see, not I've, be able to get live updates for a baseball game. <laughs> I've, I've actually stumbled on stuff, like, accidentally stumbled on stuff at work that I'm like, I gotta get out of here quick or I'm fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, forget, I forget how I stumbled on it. Like, I was searching... I was searching up something for the, the podcast. So I was typing up information for some movie. Right. Um, and... and Stupidly, like myself, like I would do, it was for one of my uh, Grindhouse, Grindhouse films. Yeah. So I type it, I type in the title. I'm like, oh, here's like some synopsis and like some behind the scenes stuff. Oh, it's perfect. I click on there. The sidebar has like an ad for some escort service. I'm like, shit, there's a naked woman. Uh, gotta get out. Gotta get out. Gotta get out. Gotta get out. <laughs> and instantly, that's when like the server ground to a halt. I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. Go back. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Boris, I'm trying to hire an escort service at work. <laughs> Not even wait until you get home. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> no, it was, it was again. But uh, like you said, well, uh, work filters don't always work, right? So I have to imagine the child ones aren't foolproof either. <laughs> anyway, the, the, that's my that's my sidebar, uh, which matters to neither of us because neither of us have yep, children. Yep. Well, you, you you might have one someday, mate. Uh, I already have a dog. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, I I have cats. Uh, they're enough work. Yeah. Dog too much. I I I dog sit so I can vicariously feel what it's like to own a dog. And I'm like, this is great for about 24 hours, and then I'm sick of it. And then you think to yourself, I wouldn't even do this shit with human being children. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Every time that Parker goes on vacation, he calls me up and he's like, Hey, can you watch Zelda for the weekend? I'm like, Yeah, no problem. I can hang out with Zelda. She's a great dog. Doesn't bark a lot. Right. She's tiny. I can lift her up. 
you know, no big deal. First day, it's like, great. I'm like, I'm walking the dog like a motherfucking adult. This is this is great. <laughs> By Sunday, I'm like, fuck, I got to walk you or you'll die or something. This sucks. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's what Parker told me. <laughs> Maybe I can just do a real quick one. Maybe, like, I'll just wait for her to pee and then just, like, whatever, get back in the house. <laughs> like, just hang out in the yard or they're, something. They're fine. You don't need to walk them every day. Just walk it, like, three times. It'll be good. <laughs> It's a but small yeah. dog, too. What's it going to do? Chew part of a shoe? It, well, I mean, he does. Now, if you ever watch my dog, you're going to want to ro- walk that motherfucker. Well, your dog. Because when like he gets tiny... ornery, yeah, he'll you're... start, like, breaking the walls. Your dog's like another, per- like, he's a person. <laughs> it's like living with an invalid. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's this person-sized thing that I need to feed and take care of. Uh, your fucking dog. Can't wait to dog sit for you either. By the way, can you dog sit next Friday? <laughs> Let me check my schedule. <laughs> Knew this was coming when I said, hey. Yeah, I met I, I met Matt's dog, Grew, not from Despicable Me. No. Uh, and I was like, all right, as far as pit bulls go, she doesn't seem like she's terrible. Maybe my uh, concept he, of... Sir. He, I know he's right, very pretty. Right. Um, I was thinking of Daryl's pit bull. That's right. she. Uh I was like, well, this is the second pit bull in two weeks that I've met. Maybe my uh, phobia phobia of yeah. pit bulls is unfounded because they just seem like gigantic babies. And then I quickly realized that he is exactly that. He's just a gig- he's a seventy yeah. pound baby. It's the problem. Uh, he's seventy pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the moment I said, "Yeah, I'll dog sit for you," and I thought, "Shit, I guarantee you, like within a week, he's gonna ask me to dog sit." No, uh, no, no. no. Yeah. It's, it's easy enough. You just Wait, you stop paying attention to him, and then he falls asleep. Hey, I'll tell you what I told Parker. I can get drunk and watch Netflix at your house just as easily as I can mine. Yep. It's no big deal. Yep. All right, well, uh, why don't we slap a rating on uh, Inside Up here? Inside Up. Inside We're Up. Combining, inside combining up. it oh, with boy. Up. As if this movie needed to be more sad at points. That's right. Well, uh, uh, Let's start it off with someone's wife dying. <laughs> Someone who, who clearly in this montage we've shown just, just is his better half. Just for shits and giggles. We'll lose him. Yeah, just just for shits and giggles, we're going to show Riley's parent, like dad before he has Riley and uh, he has another wife that dies. Then he meets the next wife and then he has that is, that is one thing in, in, in the middle of uh, Inside Out where I thought this could go really dark if it wanted to. This could get could. really yeah, dark. Yeah, there's nothing, there's no like, that's the thing, like Yes, this is a pretty adult movie, but there's still nothing as tragic and terrible as the first 10 minutes of Up. Oh, no, that's definitely just tragic. Yeah. Especially, the only way Up would get any more tragic is if the uh, the main character just looked into the camera and go, this could happen to all of you. <laughs> someday you too will lose someone you'll you lose love. Someone, or you'll die before that happens. Hopefully, Either way. Hopefully that happens, because it will be less sad. Yeah. Either you're going to lose someone they love, or you'll die and they'll go through this without you. <laughs> Ready for an adventure about finding some old man with a dog right, who likes let's, squirrels? Let's attach some bullets. Yeah. Let's go watch this kid, like, fill his father figure role with his old man. The end. You still like, crying? It's like the end. He, like, shows up to the kid's, like, Boy Scout ceremony, and he like, oh, great job. And he just turns to him and he's like... Someday I'm gonna leave you just like my wife left me. It'll 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 end like the dog episode of Futurama where he just like lays down in bed, closes his eyes, cuts out. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, what do I give this movie? Uh I give it five out of five barking dog emotions all thinking and acting the same way. Oh, very nice, very nice. I'm gonna give it uh 
<sighs> you should Only give it one out of one cat, cat emotions, emotions that's actually yep. hanging around and randomly. That was perfect. That was perfect. That was perfect. That's exactly. They go through all the different people's yeah. emotions. They go through like the the angsty teen, the angsty right. tween of like, you think they're going to find out if we're full or we're fake? You think we're going to find out if we're fake? No, we're cool. We're wearing eyeshadow. <laughs> <laughs> Then it goes to the, like at the hockey game. The boy, the the young boy, just looks at her, and all the emotions are screaming and running girl, back and forth. Girl, 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 and they're like, "Oh no! What do we do? Oh god, no! girl, girl!" That was so good. Yeah, that was like dead on. And of course, the dog is like, "That man, ha- that man smells like food. He has food. Chase man for food." <laughs> And of course, the cats just—they're lying about, and then the one cat's just walking across the control console, and randomly just switches, switches f- and then finds one to play with, so just playing with, it, and the cat just goes berserk. <laughs> I'm like, and I've I'm seen watching that. It. I've seen cats do that. I'm watching it. Perfectly I'm like, content. I have four cats that do all that. <laughs> yeah, I've seen cats before that seem perfectly content, just like sitting there, and all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, out of nowhere, there's going to be like, fucking, let's go batshit crazy. <laughs> I don't care if it's four in the morning. Time to. And run. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that about wraps it up here for us on End of the Critic. Uh, as always, want to. Uh, what, what do I usually do? We don't. We no longer thank Bobby Roberts. Uh, I keep telling people to go Roberts? to Facebook. Now you, <laughs> you think Bobby Roberts has to go to the bathroom? <laughs> uh, oh, I keep okay. telling people to go to the Facebook. Don't think anybody's going there. Uh, Sure, Some they new are by accident. Fucking great. <laughs> they new. type in their name Emily uh, with an N instead of an M, and they get to our page. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, some new listeners would be great. If you guys want to get on that? Get on. But we're not going to pay for advertising. No, or do any work. Every single time I see that thing on Facebook, that's like, "Would you like to boost your post?" And I'm like, "Does that cost money?" Yep. And Facebook says yes, and I say, "Fuck no." Fuck no. I spent enough on equipment uh, <laughs> and so. tickets. And tickets, yes. These movies aren't free. So, all right. Well, next week's movie is going to be our, uh, and we are going to have an episode next week. I know we skipped a week. Uh, again, technical We're all topsy-turvy. Just relax. Uh, but we're getting those fixed. I went out and spent money on this podcast. Actual dollars. That's right. Uh, so we are having a, an episode next week, and we're going to do a Netflix movie, and that movie is going to be Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, watch it. It may not make a lot of sense, but watch it. Our review's going to make less sense if you don't see it. Yeah, trust me, because we're going to go... There's no way to talk about this movie without spoiling anything. And yet, even if you haven't seen it and we spoil it, it still doesn't mean anything. So really, you should just watch it. Yeah, just watch it. So, All right, until next week, I'm Chris Sklump. All right, all right soon. We'll, yeah, soon. Well, soon. I, I don't want to... I don't really want to stop. Let's just retort... Let's just jump right into the next episode. Parker, you can hold it for another hour, right? Was that yes or no? I forget. (laughs) Anyway, that's Parker, and I'm Matt. We'll see you next time.